And welcome everybody to a comics episode of the Animaniacast. Hello, genius people. Yako Warner here. The only show we listen to in the Water Tower is the Animaniacast. I bet you can't guess why. Good night, everybody. everybody once again to the animated cast this is the podcast that is dedicated to the animated television series animaniacs as well as other shows in the rugerverse such as tiny toon adventures pinky the brain and freakazoid and today we're talking about an animaniacs comic book all the way back from 1996 i am <laughs> joey and joining me once again for this comic book discussion is my brother, Nathan. Are your feet tired, Sugar Lump? Because you've been running through my mind all day. Whoa. Hey. Uh, <laughs> what a line. Yeah. Well, that that is a line from today's comic book, of course. This is... Oh. Yes. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly is uh, not here with us today. So we did what we like to do, and it's just us, and we don't have anything else to talk about. It's let's talk about Animaniacs comic books, which we have not done for a very long time. Yeah, that's true. Um, I was very disappointed that I, I had bought all these comic books, or at least many, many, many of them, for like a buck or two. They're very, if you go to the right place online, uh, right online comic shops, you can find a lot of these for just a couple bucks. And I bought this comic book. And I don't know where it is anymore. <laughs> I bought it so long ago, and I remember seeing it because on the cover of this, it has Wacko dressed up as a giant sausage, and it looks just weird. Um, not the best cover, just a weird-looking cover. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, that, does, that comic doesn't look that interesting. Well, it's somewhere around my house or something, but I couldn't find it. So... This is what so we you just didn't do. read it. So no, we, we didn't uh... read it. No, this is what <laughs> you can do, ladies and gentlemen. If you can't find your comic book around the house, wherever it's not, it happens no, to be, yeah, we're not going to saying this is what you should do, but this is what you could could do. do. <laughs> this is what we're not going to endorse this because no. Well, there. Well, the Animaniacs comics are all out of print, mm-hmm. so uh, <laughs> uh what you could do is you if you just type in this Animaniac Animaniacs comic issue 20 you'll probably find some websites out there that have it scanned and that you can mm-hmm. just flip through these pages um i was a little disappointed with the scan that i had right here that the the person did not scan the advertisements which come on that's oh, like one yeah. of the best parts of the comic book in my opinion i love talking about the ads but no ad talk this no no issue if we do find or if I find the comic book somewhere around my house, I'll, I'll make sure to... We'll do it as a bonus audio. Bonus audio on Patreon. Get ready, patrons. This is bonus audio. There's an ad for Superman yeah. comic Ooh, books. Gotcha. <laughs> Quick. Gonna... If that's not Tell worth four bucks... Yeah, see, so that's... <laughs> uh, at any rate, uh, this, this comic... So go, you can go online. I'm not saying you should, but you could. Or, you know... Whatever, and uh, just be wary that the ads that you see on there 
are may not, not kid- be uh yeah <laughs> they're not kid friendly <laughs> they're the many of them are definitely not kid friendly because they're they're trying to get you to go to other uh, nefarious sites so just be aware of that um i think if you I, th- I think if you're going to share this with your kids though i think you can right click on these and save them as jpegs and have a nice but i but then you might get viruses on your computer look all i'm saying is it's yeah Use you're taking like, the risk yeah <laughs> we'll take the risk for you and tell you everything that's in it so exactly if you want to be completely <laughs> safe then don't just listen to us talk about it but i will tell you folks this was i don't know but this might be it's been a while since we've read these comics. This might be my favorite comic of the series that we've read so far, uh, issue number 20. Maybe. Uh, what were the other? There was that Egyptian one was really good, right? The Egyptian one was really good, and that was written by uh, Charles M. Howell and Gordon Bresick. So that really had uh, an, a classic Animaniacs feel. This one didn't have a Warner or a Pinky in the Brain. It to, did not. So. And, I, and they may have, at this point, had their own spinoff comic. I wanna, That's true. It's possible. I, I want to say that it's possible that the Pinky and the Brain uh, you know, went off into their own thing, and so they weren't putting them in this comic. Uh, I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think that's what may, may have happened. Um, this issue is completely dedicated to the theme of James Dean, who it's the the issue is t- it basically titled "Rebels Just Cause," in reference to Rebel Without a Cause. Um, Nathan, have you watched any James Dean movies? I've seen Rebels Without a Cause or Rebel Without a Cause. Rebel Without a Cause. They never uh, made the sequel. Rebels yeah. Without a Cause. Rebels. Well, I always think of the <laughs> our brother did that song. Rebels without applause. <laughs> oh, that's a funny one. Man, they should have done that one. Under the, oh, well, there you go. Yeah, uh, what a funny little that's, thing. That's, so, uh, <laughs> Rebels without applause. Uh, th- yeah, this one really felt um, like classic Animaniacs. Not all the jokes necessarily worked uh, 100% on it, but I think maybe it was because, maybe it's because of the reboot i was just kind of like looking forward to uh this kind of formula mm. <laughs> of of the warners just act the uh, terrorizing somebody and uh him ending up improving his skills through their interaction even though they drove him crazy mm-hmm. uh and slappy just bombing thing bombing walter wolf and it really does have this classic feel. I, I, I was, even though, like I said, not I wasn't necessarily laughing <laughs> at it. <laughs> it's hard to laugh at comics. It is. It's like reading it. It is. Yourself. It is. It, but I did make me smile, and I was amused. I was amused throughout the entire issue. So uh, this, this issue has three segments. It has Rebels Just Cause, and then it has East of Burbank, and the last segment was called Grande. Uh, these are all in reference to James Dean. Obviously, the first one we said, Rebel Without a Cause, turning into Rebels Just Cause. The second one was East of Burbank, which is in reference to James Dean's movie East of Eden. And the final one, I just thought, well, it's just called Grande. Is that like, what, Rio Grande or what? what's that about? Well, I had to look at James Dean's Wikipedia, and it turns out he made a movie called Giant... Ah, I was like big. No, giants. So <laughs> Tom was, Hanks. Yeah. And so yes, James Dean's. Uh, of course, he he died uh, at a young age, so his filmography is pretty short. So 
Unfortunately, I, not knowing anything about J- James Dean, I think some of these jokes kind of went over my head. But we're going to try to talk about the cultural references that we we could catch. Uh, but Nathan, why don't you go? Let's go ahead and start off here with Rebels Just Cause. And Rebels Just Cause was written by Sean. Oh boy, I can't even read this. Korean? Carrion? Carolan, I think it says. Uh, so, I see an I in there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it's Sean Carolan and Jennifer Moore. And the artists were Omar Oranda and Scott McRae. Letter was Ter- Teresa Davidson, and the colorist was Joe Mignot. Nathan, why don't you tell us what happens here in Rebels Just Cause? All right, well, it starts off with a, a car chase scene. I don't know if you, like, this is kind of, you know, this is a scene straight out of Rebels, Rebel Without a Cause. Uh, they have this the game of chicken where they got to race their cars to the edge of a cliff. And uh, we have this actor who's playing this, uh, the main character it turns out to be a giant chicken himself, um, a chicken boo. So we have chicken boo and they find out, so they have, they have to kick the, the main actor off of the set because hey we can have a giant chicken playing james dean's role <laughs> yeah i will say that chicken they say chicken well, they don't tell him chicken boo but they say to him hey we're gonna race to the edge of this cliff and then you got to jump out at the very last minute uh so it show it doesn't really show how he jumped out but it does show this like kind of jumping lines of kind of boing 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 boing, boing. And, and, then and his hair yeah. falls off but chicken boo does like a great you know, landing where on his feet, almost like a gymnast or something. It almost looked like he just was standing. I, I'm not, ex- it didn't quite work. Mm-hmm. It had to do a little bit of a mental uh, fill in the blank on that, that frame right there. But anyway, so chicken booze kicked out. Yeah, it's too bad. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> what else is new? Uh, so they had to find a new actor and uh, the director was like, Oh, I got to find someone like right away. We're gonna find a brooding American teen archetype, and hey, wouldn't you know? At the local uh, ice cream shop or whatever, <laughs> there's uh, James Dean himself uh, is having some ice cream, and uh, the director gives him the role, and he walks up to his car, and the Warners are inside the hood, and they heard that there was a giant chicken playing a, the lead in this movie, and they wanted to check it out for themselves. And James Dean's like, don't call me chicken, you know, as a James Dean kind of thing. And uh, Dot is uh, in love with James Dean because he's so handsome and brooding. Uh, and Wacko just wants something to eat because he's so hungry. Uh, so he thinks maybe James Dean is a giant chicken, so maybe yeah. I can eat him. Yeah, and- he talks about wanting to find <laughs> Chicken Boo so he could eat him, uh, <laughs> which is kind of sick and twisted, but funny yep. uh, for some reason because Wacko... Thinks- Maybe that James Dean is Chicken Boo himself. The whole time he just keeps calling yeah. James Dean chicken. He keeps and, jumping out of places and saying chicken. And um, throwing <laughs> rolls at him and trying to <laughs> eat him, I guess. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, as uh, they go to different locations that are in the actual movie, uh, Rebel Without a Cause, uh, Yakko keeps explaining to us the archetypes that are <laughs> showing like, oh, this is the house where a brooding teen, a juvenile delinquent would be uh, formed in this kind of location. And and this is the kind of location a, ju- a juvenile delinquent would hide with his friends in this uh, abandoned house and things like that. So, yes. uh, and going to the police uh, uh, 
uh, office or whatever. I'm, I'm, I've never seen Rebel Without a Cause, but I did see a lot of kind of teen drama movies from the 50s and 60s whenever they were on like Mystery Science Theater or something. Like mm-hmm. I, I accuse my parents and all these different uh, old movies sure. where they, they do these archetypes of like, yes, this is where the guy who who his parents just won't listen to him. You know, his his parents are either usually like neglect they're always neglectful in some ways maybe they're out partying all the time uh or they're too high society and they just ignore their son and so their son becomes a delinquent because of it this one the the dad wasn't manly enough he wore an apron oh yes what a hard life to live with your dad cooks yes and they meet <laughs> and they meet the dad in this one and they yeah. it, they they go into their the, you know his house and they all say hello suburbia and see him you know James Dean's dad and then they say Mr. Howell and they all pat him on the back and he's wearing his apron eating his dinner uh, and they're saying like you know take us for a ride in your coconut car and uh, you know Take us to a fancy Don uh, d- dinner party with Don Knotts. Yeah, which is Don Knotts in Rebel Without a Cause? Not I don't that know. I know of. I know, um, I've, I, unless he's like in the background, but I'm well, going to say he's not. In the- <laughs> okay, and then they say this thing of Does Lovely know that you're leading this double life, Thurston? I so this is kind of a weird, uh, a, a mix of references right here. Uh, so Mr. Howell was the character... Okay, Jim Backus played the dad in Rebel Without a Cause. Jim Backus, by the way, is the voice of Mr. Magoo. Uh, In case you didn't know. He looks like Magoo. He looks like Magoo. (laughs) But he did the voice... But he was also Mr. Howell on Gilligan's Island. Okay. Um, So, yes. And then they say, like, does Lovely know that you're leading this double life? Uh, Meaning... You know, his wife, the, the millionaire and his wife. Well, there you go. That's, that's, so I thought that was a really cool um, reference. And then they called them Thurston, uh, which, yeah, I guess Thurston Howell was like, the millionaire's first name was Thurston. It's very, so yeah, like go. I, as a kid, I wouldn't get it. I don't get it nowadays. It's definitely like, I don't know who this joke was written for, but it's, I like that they went through the. <laughs> exactly. And that's, the th- and that's what I really get the impression of throughout this entire comic is that the writers were having fun writing this comic yeah. book. And you and I, even though I didn't get all the stuff of this, I was like, well, this is fun. You guys know what you're talking about and you're having fun writing this story and I'm in for the ride and I'll hopefully get some of these references along the way. Was, I did it. Yeah. It's definitely they had seen this movie a lot. Like they they're oh. definitely like fans or, you know, of Rebel Without a Cause. And before like, I mean, who, in 1996 this, this came out in December of 1996. There's yeah. absolutely no way I would have been able to get all this stuff. Uh, this would be a comic well, book I would have to yeah. show my dad or something. Go, Dad, do you know what you're talking about right here? <laughs> true. That, our dad was our Wikipedia page back in the day. Um, but, yeah, this is... Uh, but anyway, I think let's let's get back to the thing that was going on a sidetrack right there. <laughs> on a, one of the highlights of the comic for me at that moment. But they go to the yeah. old abandoned... Uh, this is you the know. old abandoned mansion where yes. juvenile delinquents on the land might take refuge from the cold, unsympathetic adult world. Uh, so that's that's Yako's description of where we're at, uh, which is very <laughs> similar to what it is in the movie. So uh, this is where he takes like his girlfriend um, and his friends to hide out. So um, they, uh, in fact, they see 
the actress that's going to be playing the uh, leading the love interest for James Dean. So uh, Dot gets really upset about this and shows her uh, her pet. So uh, and the pet seems to like the woman and then the woman just disappears. I don't know what happens. There. Yeah, it, th- this was perhaps the only part of the, the comic. Well, there, there's. There's a few parts in this comic that were that were very dated that we'd say, "Ooh, I don't think you could do that anymore." And and the number one thing that came up was this uh, this pet right here, because like you said, Dot becomes jealous of this love interest of James Dean. So she goes, "Oh, would you like to see my pet?" The woman screams. The monster says to the woman who is screaming, "What do you say we go back to my place?" And then apparently grabs the woman and takes her back into the box with him i guess so or he just left i'm gonna say he just uh, left. i think that since the woman's <laughs> gone and the line is showing that she disappeared like a cloud into the dot's box that the monster just grabbed this woman and took her into the box to which dot says men all species are the same yeah Eesh. Yeah, you can't. Uh, that that doesn't quite work. Dot uh, definitely in today's world in a cartoony way of saying, you know what? Just grab women and just 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 Force take them, them back into to your, your place. House. Yeah, just you come back to my place and grab them. No, it's not necessarily funny. I mean, it is a cartoon, so it's silly. But oh boy, I think Yakko kills this other guy that's in the pool. No, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think this is James Dean's friend, who's kind of like a weirdo in the movie, but. Uh, he's in the uh, pool. There's an empty pool, and he's uh, brooding, like thinking about how the world will end. And uh, Yakko's like, "I think it'll end like this." And then a giant meteor, well, a meteor lands on top of him. He's like, "But it'll be a bigger rock, of course." And like, like yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Well, James Dean is still trying to hide from Wacko, who finds him, and so they again have to run away. And now they run to the uh, police department. Uh, which is a, they go here a couple times in Rebel Without a Cause, but it actually starts off in the police department. Um, and it all leads up to the big line, which is, you're tearing me apart, which- uh, You're tearing me know, apart, Lisa. Yes, from the room, <laughs> which was taken from Rebel Without a Cause, because he yes. is such a fan of Rebel Without a Cause. He took that line and it, you watch the movie Rebel Without a Cause, he says it very much the same as. <laughs> yeah. And which is so funny because James Franco played both James Dean, like one of his first major roles, and he mm-hmm. just played the guy, I forget the, the director of, uh, of the, the room. room. Yeah. The yeah. So he played both. So how, how weird how all that works together. Except now he's canceled. So we can't. <laughs> yeah. James, who, James Franco? James Franco. Yeah. Yeah. He was, it turns out, I don't know about him. So anyway. <laughs> But uh, so it turns out, I guess they were just trying to coach him the whole time. At least that's what they're taking credit for yes. as they uh, are at the final, uh, the premiere of uh, Rebel Without a Cause. They're standing out front and they have the, they're teaching the water tower method, uh, which I guess is like the, there's, I guess there's like the Scorsese method and there's a bunch of different methods that people have, right? The Stanis- Stanislavski method. Stanislavski method, so... Um, but yeah, there we go. They, uh, their method is to drop, drop anvils on people's heads. So, so and, the and uh, reporter kind of looks like uh, Hello Nurse. It does. The There's a reporter hair. at the end. She looks like Hello Nurse, but a redhead. Um, so. But yes, they helped him out. And there you go. Because of them, it, it, luckily they were filming the entire thing <laughs> somehow. 
Uh, so very cool. Uh, yeah. So there you go. That was that. Some said it couldn't be done. Some said it shouldn't be done. But the host of the Animaniacast said, "We're doing it anyway." That's right. It's the Animaniacast Patreon page. After more than four years of podcasting about Animaniacs, the Animaniacast is asking for you to become a patron and pledge your support. Your support not only helps cover the cost of podcast hosting, but it also gives you an opportunity to receive some exciting rewards. Some rewards include behind-the-scenes audio and video, voting rights that determine which episodes the Animaniacast will cover, video chats with the host of the show, Animaniacs vinyl decals sent right to your home, and much, much more, including exclusive episode commentaries from the creator of Animaniacs, Tom Ruger. For more information, go to patreon.com slash animaniacast. Uh, let's go and just keep on moving. We're going to move right on over to East of Burbank. Hi, this is Slappy Squirrel, and unfortunately, you're listening to the Animaniacast. And East of Burbank was written by Sean Carlon and Jennifer Moore once again. Le- Leonardo Batic and Scott McRae did the illustrations. It was lettered by Teresa Davidson and colored by Joe Mignot once again. And this is a slappy squirrel cartoon. And this is taking place in Pasadena, 14 miles east of Burbank. Very cool, 1955. So we're, we're still in this time period. This, however, is dealing with James Dean once again. And I think they even call him James in this one. Uh, although they you know, did draw him a little bit differently and colored his hair a little bit differently. Basically what happens here is Skippy's watching Beanie and Cecil. And, uh, and they look exactly like Beanie and Cecil. It's very much on, on uh, model right there. And the power goes out because Slappy just has decided to stop paying her electric bill for three months. So she's in a good mood, so she figures, you know what, I guess I'll go ahead and pay him, but she needs money. So she decides to become an actress to portray Kate, a shady, embittered old crank. Uh, And so she's like, oh, I think it'll be a reach, but she thinks she can pull it off. Uh, (laughs) So she goes to the set, and it turns out that they're kind of like, I guess, screen testing some people one of which is james dean who has his nice little you know pompadour going on but the other one is walter wolf who is also trying to get this lead role and is dressed like james dean which looks very weird but he sees slappy and says hey this is great i might get the lead role and take care of slappy at the same time so perfect i think he's too old for this part (laughs) i think you know what he's (laughs) He he really gets in character. Um, he probably lied on his uh, on his uh, you know shot or something like that, saying he's you know that's I mean, how he actors looks, do. Yeah, some of these like Slappy looks a lot younger, and uh, Walter Wolf will look a lot younger than their old selves. So it's he still does have his little wrinkles around the mouth, to kind of like show like the the lack of teeth or something. But yeah. uh, but you know whatever he's whatever. <laughs> he's he's trying. He's an actor. He's an actor. He can act. He can Doing act like it, a yeah. teenager. Uh, 
So anyway, there's there's a I, what I can only assume are scenes from East of Eden. Neither just, of us have seen this movie. Yes, so. <laughs> just kind of acted out once again. Um, the the one right here is the, the director who is this really kind of neat caricature. I have no idea if he's an actual caricature of the real director or not. But there's this scene where uh, Walter's going to give her the bank book uh, from the prop table. So he gives her like a, a bank book and then she takes it. Well, the bank book has dynamite in it. And he, you know, thinking that she's going to walk away and she's going to blow up. And then she says, oh, no, this you look like you could use this five thousand dollars. Here you go. And she gives it back to him and he goes, oh, that's not in the script. But too late. Walter blows up because of that. Cut to another scene didn't really pay attention to this scene right here in this scene <laughs> in this scene kate just confessed that she shot her cal's father i was uh, like there's so many spoilers in this <laughs> exactly like if i ever see this movie now I'm like no <laughs> you're gonna apparently know that like he wants five thousand dollars but this person won't give her give him five thousand dollars but then eventually they do <laughs> exactly so she says uh, so she says, open up the safe and go get the, the money. He says, no, you're supposed to open the safe and give me the money. You go, you sure, Walter? It seems, that, you know, it doesn't seem in character for this old gal. Uh, it's in the script for crying out loud. Look, you just walk over here to the safe. And of course, there's more dynamite in the safe and it blows Walter's face up. Um, so again, it's a lot of this tricking Walter. To, you know, he's trying to get her to do it. Then she says, no, you do it. And then it gets him, you know, he gets hurt. Um, the final scene right here is with James Dean trying to give money back to, I guess it's his father. I, I yeah, don't it's know supposed to be the father of James. Okay, Dean. the father of James Dean, know, the character, and it have they even have like a little side kind of pointing to show you that this is uh, Raymond uh, Massey, a respected actor, normally doesn't do comic books, and Raymond Massey was uh, an actor. An actual, that's the actual actor's name. And he was in East of Eden right there. Uh, again, the, the same old joke. You know, he, This time Walter says, you just sit this one out. Sit here on this director's chair that just happens to have dynamite, which, of course, Slappy knows it's there. Uh, he, Walter goes into the scene where the Massey, the, the, whatever Mr. Massey is, <laughs> mm-hmm. gives, gives Walter the money instead. And... and uh, the money blows up because there's dynamite in there. Slappy says, thanks for helping me out. And that's pretty much it. I yeah, mean, he, like, he gets blown up and then blown on to the, the chair that Slappy was. So he gets blown up twice. Twice. Okay. It's a little, yeah. It, you have to really look at these panels to figure out what's going on. <laughs> the directions. You have to look at the directions of the swoops and everything to find out what's going on. So multiple, uh, you know problems right there for walter and uh slappy i guess doesn't get the role but she does get put in uh in charge of the movie's explosives which who knew that there were so many explosives in east of eden <laughs> but uh she 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 is and then she walter becomes the stunt boy yeah they both got roles so at least they're getting paid you and know she, yeah and she blows walter up and i assume and she gets her electricity back I could assume so. <laughs> we kind of forgot how we were, why we were even over this movie to begin with. But she. But it's safe to assume. More importantly, she got to, to explode things. You would think that she could be able to, to, to develop her own power with the amount of uh, explosives she's putting out every day. Couldn't she harness any of that to like do it? Put it into a generator or something like that. Right. I don't know. But 
There you go. That's a slappy squirrel cartoon. Um, a little confusing with the references since we didn't really know what the heck was going on with it. But, <laughs> but um, uh, it's possible that Ralph and Hello Nurse are dating. Did you see that on Variety? <laughs> are they in love? I did not see that. What was, it? was that on the... Okay. First, she, she was reading this, a... There's yeah. a Minerva pinup in that magazine. Yes. And there's... I think it says love or something like there's just hearts around Ralph and heart around Hello Nurse. She must like, be. She. Oh, yes. I can see it now. It says variety. And then it says love with Ralph and Hello Nurse together. Are they in love? Question. It just says love question mark. Huh. Hmm. It's I didn't know variety was such a tab, tabloidish kind of a yeah. magazine, but uh, apparently this version is. And so, we got a, there's a cameo <laughs> of uh, Pinky and the Brain in one of there, these panels, the one. I thought it was. The, I thought that was the last story. No, they're they're also in this one. So if you look on the panel where Walter Wolf explodes oh, twice, I see them. They're in the little tiny little corner. So just what a little. I went back just now because I only saw them just now. I didn't see them the first time I went through this. And and the brain is wearing some weird little hat. It looks I, like a Sherlock Holmes almost. But see, I, I'm wondering. I didn't if, spot them in one Rebel Without a Cause. I looked through there. I didn't see them, but. I'm wondering or, if this has any reference to what's going on in the Pinky the Brain comic book. Yeah, at the maybe. Same time, because they seem to be doing this a lot in the comics. When you start putting them together, especially with Pinky and the Brain, that they're they're referencing things that would happen in other issues of the comic book. So maybe we need to start doing uh, taking turns in between them. Maybe, to... yeah, maybe. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, anyway, that was the Slappy Squirrel one. Right there it was. It was fun. Good stuff. Anything yeah. in there that uh, didn't mention that you thought was cool, Nathan? Um, I saw Yakko on a box of cereal. Yes, like for with... coonskin hats. <laughs> yes, there's a coonskin hat. He's like Davy Crockett because Davy Crockett was popular yeah. back in the fifties, and apparently you get a free coonskin hat I'll, inside I'll of this box of cereal. Brandomaniacs, I'll say, or something. Yeah, but sure. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was some cool. It, again, just some cool, like again, made just stuff that made me smile. Like, yeah, this this is stuff that would happen in a real Animaniacs cartoon. Walter yeah. blows up, Sloppy keeps tricking him, and he blows up some more. <laughs> there you go, and there we go. You get some a... references to some actors and things, and yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and talk about the last uh, part of the comic, and that is the segment Grande. And Grande was once again written by Sean Carlon and Jennifer Moore. Omar Aranda was the penciler. Scott McRae was the inker. Letterer Teresa Davidson. And the colorist was Jerome Yonker. Not Joe Mignot on this one. Uh, Nathan, why don't you tell us what happens here in Grande? Ah, Taco. Grande. <laughs> Ooh, Weird Al reference. Yeah. <laughs> and it is actually uh, somewhat uh, true because this is all about tacos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, their Warners are off to find a gift for Dr. Scratch and Sniff. Um, I don't know. Is it his birthday or something? Is he... <laughs> Yeah, something for some reason just uh, it's bald psychiatrist day is the so they're, they're oh, off okay. to a shop for him for the last minute. It's just you know it's the holiday that we all love, bald psychiatrist day. I'm guessing it's just his birthday. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they call it. Yeah, he needs. He, uh, Doctor Scratch and Sif says, "Wacko, I'd like a copy of Pachabel's Canon in D minor." 
And Wacko's like, I know what he said he wanted. He wanted tacos, bells, and cannons from Almira. So ah. that's... So they're um, like, we gotta get tacos, <laughs> and they don't want to go deal with Elmira. Yeah, they don't want they don't want to see Elmira's bells, and uh, so they want to go to the. Well, I don't know what the Cannon Imperium is. So that like that's where they have lots of the Cannon Emporium is where they would have lots of cannons, I guess, too. So they're just gonna get them tacos yeah let's um, just start with tacos because that's the easiest i guess yeah and they they see a place that uh, just happens to be here it's called manny's tacopolis uh and so they and there's a long line and they're talking in the line and someone's like uh hey uh you can't be talking in line uh don't you know who uh runs this place it's the taco tyrant and he comes over and sees this guy talking and says no tacos for you and uh, kicks him out of the line it's a so- reference to Seinfeld. The soup <laughs> instead of the soup Nazi, it's the taco, the taco tyrant, tyrant. Yeah. Which, which is, yeah. It wasn't an alliteration before, so now it is though. <laughs> yeah, it works good. So taco tyrant. Uh and he also ends up kicking the Warners out of line because they're also talking and being uh, you know, rowdy and annoying. So uh this was after Wacko had smelled how good the tacos smelled. So he wants to destroy the taco tyrant. He wants to humiliate him and beat him at his own game. Uh, so, of course, they're going to end up uh, making a, their own tacos restaurant, which is called Grande Tacos. And it's much better than Taco Tyrants. They have all these signs all over the place. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they, they've got the storefront. Uh, now uh, they just need, like, salsa. So Wacko is going to dig for to find some salsa. And this is when the taco tyrant uh, sees what they're up to, and he's like, "Hey, you can't, you can't make a business uh, against me." And they're like, "Well, hey, look, it looks a little cloudy." And they drop a an anvil on his head. They're like, looks like <laughs> anvils. And then they did the they do the classic. Uh, this means Warner's kind of thing. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it's kind of uh, obviously Taco Tyrant's upset about all this, so he decides to sabotage the Warners by uh, pouring water all over their taco shells. But the tacos have, <laughs> well, the tacos are since they have sensors all over them, uh, and the Warners are watching all these, and they say, "Oh, there's a moisture breach in Vault Two, so they they uh, set up the emergency crisperizer device, which of course is just a you know fire." Uh, and the uh, Taco Tyrant is still in the room getting them all wet, so he ends up burning up. It's pretty bad. Uh, yeah. This whole time, uh, Wacko is still digging for his salsa, still hasn't found it, but the Taco Tyrant decides to let out some La Cucarachas, which are, of course, cockroaches, and uh, Yakko catches them before they enter the facility and says, hey, how do you like working for a tyrant like the Taco Tyrant? They're like, hey, it's it's terrible, and they do all these bug puns and <laughs> they go back to attack him and they uh, unionize yeah there's a union of, of uh, cockroaches and they, they, they basically quit um, uh, and I guess they go get some ice cream I, I didn't realize that was them saying look an ice cream truck <laughs> I was just like oh some random people are saying look an ice yeah, cream truck yeah I, I didn't get that either okay good good that we know that this is just the cockroaches <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, this is when he sees the line of people standing waiting to get into Taco Gra- Grandes or whatever it's called, the Warner's Taco Restaurant. And they're like, oh, 
he's he's saying you will you don't want their tacos even if it's tacos on sticks uh <laughs> they're unsanitary they're made by things uh which i guess are the warners because they're just they're cute they're they're not things no uh, <laughs> uh, uh but he's like unsanitary uh you're one to talk you you have uh mice for fry cooks and we look over pan over and it turns out the pinky and the brain are the ones that are they're trying to make an atomic bean dip uh to take over the world and i guess pinky's just making guacamole but yeah with his feet i guess i don't know if he yeah, was that's like really gross it's on his feet yeah i'm but... guessing he was like smashing it like a uh, wine making wine yeah so there you go uh, and then the taco tyrants had it enough. He's decided to throw dynamite at the Warners, but that's when Wacko's like, oh, that's what I just what I needed. So he throws it at his hole that he was digging. And then, wouldn't you know it, salsa comes out and they've hit, they've struck salsa. There's the Mexican tea. Um, uh, so they're rich and they can take over the entire taco industry. And taco tyrants quite sad. He knows he's been defeated. He cannot compete, so he has to close down his restaurant. And the grand opening of the Grande Tacos is here. Tacos on a stick. They you even see one of the guys eating it. He seems to enjoy it just fine. Which but I could see that happening. I mean, they make rolled tacos, so why not have tacos on a stick? I would eat a taco on a stick, sure. Yeah. Well, I guess but, you don't uh, really need to. Taquitos are kind of like their own stick. <laughs> I guess yeah, there's no real need pop to the have whole a... thing in your mouth. In fact, now that I think about it, why are I mean, why I are corn dogs, corn dogs on a stick? stick? Yeah, wait a second. It's so you can have it hotter, I think. No, so well, I think it's have... the way that it has to fry because you have to. But maybe I think you have to dip. Yeah, and you have to pull it out. Yeah, but that's the only reason. But really, really think about it. It's like you don't need that stick. I mean, you just whatever, whatever. <laughs> why are popsicles on stick? No, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I can understand that. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Wacko got hungry and ate all of the tacos, so they're out of business, it looks like. But hey, we've got a knock on the door, and it's these celebrity associates that want to purchase this establishment to make a Planet Taco. Yeah. Uh, or at least Planet Taco stands, which I guess is supposed to be like Planet Hollywood, I'm assuming. Yeah, one of them looks like Bruce Willis. I guess the- another one is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and there's Danny DeVito. Yeah, which I don't think Danny DeVito was involved in Planet Hollywood at all, but they they needed somebody else to draw other than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, he's they look identical because they're twins. There you go. So it's <laughs> Arnold and his twin. Uh, uh, yes. They decide to take the deal. They sell out their business, and that's how the. Uh, episode ends they're gonna buy oh they decide to buy uh dr scratch and stuff probably a deep fried turkey on a stick i think it's yes or lava or a lava lamp with real lava because i will i have all this money now so (laughs) yeah they they buy all these things they buy all these things pet boulder (laughs) but but they they got out with a good and was good well is how it ends too so there you go there was some cool there was some cool stuff in there i mean i i never knew that salsa came from uh the ground like oil that was something i learned from this one uh Mm -hmm. relatively amusing one right there i mean it was you know it was pretty good um but yeah they got some they've got some vocabulary words in this one like serendipitous yes serendipitous and transcendental yeah, uh, were two words and a dot at the one point says, "Hey kids, that's that's an SAT word. Reading is fun and mental." 
Ah, fundamental. Like fun and mental. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so <laughs> some nice little puns around there. It had zero to do with Z- James Dean other than yeah. the, the initial title. But it, it was, if anything, more of a, 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 you know, obviously Seinfeld thing going on. But I think it worked. It was, it was I nice. think James Dean would have liked Seinfeld. So there we go. That's, yeah. that's the connection. <laughs> sure. <laughs> he was around. He would like that. Well, I think it's time we go ahead and get right to our water tower rating. Well, Nathan, what do you think out of five water towers? How many would you give this issue of the Animaniacs comic book? It's been so long since we did <laughs> I know. I totally forgot the other ones I gave. Yeah, I don't, I don't track these either. So I could just give any number, you know. Yeah. Um, I'll say four, four, four. No, four and a half. <laughs> four, four, four. Four, 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 and a half. Four, four, uh, four and a half. Towers. Yeah. Four and uh, a half. Lots of, lots of references. Got to see Pinky and the Brain in it, at least. Uh, got to a fun little slappy. And, you know, it was good. It was... They could have e- they could do this for the reboot easily, I would guess. I don't know. I, they, they would did... have to make some changes to some of the you know, outdated things. Yeah. I mean, oh, and we also, we didn't even mention they made some references to like Fonzie and, and, and oh, yeah. happy days in this too. There were Scooby-Doo. a lot of Scooby-Doo. There was a lot of references and stuff that we didn't even mention, but yeah, it was, it, it really, I did feel the same kind of thing. I'll give it four and a half as well. Cause I think that if this was an issue, if this, if they just took this stuff and they modified it a little bit and put it into the, the new show, I would be like, wow, this is like a real classic episode of Animaniacs. Um, it had a theme throughout for the most part, you know, um, yeah. and it was funny. It just felt like classic kind of stuff. And did it work all the time? Not necessarily, but it is a comic book. And, you yeah, know, we might, like you would have to take out Dot pulling down James Dean, James Dean's pants. Yeah, she did. <laughs> she just pulled down his pants at some point and, and it says, you know, hey, kids, he's, don't try this at home, basically, or something. She's a uh, professional manhandler. And yeah, like, which yeah. Yeah, you can't you can't pull down the guy's <laughs> pants as you're like hugging his knees so there, and of course like the monster grabbing the woman and yeah putting her exactly. into the box. definitely not yeah you can't do that so stuff. definitely things had to go but this was a better uh cameo of uh chicken boo than what the reboot totally <laughs> it really felt like us this, this is chicken boo he'd be doing this so yeah i mean just, everybody felt in character everything felt right it 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 just felt good so i liked it a lot it was a lot of fun the cover wasn't the best other than that yeah, uh, which I should also mention. I don't know what the hot dog has to do, but uh, you know, uh, they're they're kind of dressed up like James Dean characters as well. Uh, I'm sure there's the some the down home sausage. So I wonder if there's something. Yeah, dots. If someone dressed, was a huge. <laughs> dots the troubled youth from Rebel Without a Cause. Yakko is the oil tycoon, which I'm assuming is from the movie Giant. And East of Eden, the down-home sausage. I have zero idea what Wacko James... Oh, wait. I get it it now. Jimmy Dean. Ah, the sausage. See, this is why we need to talk it out. Yeah, that's why I was like, let's let's just talk it real quick. I'm guessing like the listener would be like already yelling at us. It's Jimmy Dean sausage! Obviously. I'm eating one right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, at any rate, that I I mean, there even more reason for a very strong four and a half, almost a five. I mean, but this is about as good as it gets when it comes to Animaniacs comic books. I think mm-hmm. uh, it's really good. I highly suggest people check it out. 
And uh, let's go ahead and get to some contact information. Uh, Nathan, where can people get in contact with you online? Oh, Joey, I'm on Twitter, JangoFT. That's me. All right. As for the Animaniacast, we're on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And over on our Patreon, you can become a patron and listen to some exclusive audio, including commentaries with Tom Ruger about every episode of Animaniacs. We're going through them, and it's a ton of fun. We're laughing and learning facts, and uh, you'll not only be getting access to those, but you'll be helping support our show as well, uh, which is amazing. So thank you to our patrons. Uh, you can also get in contact with us on Discord. You can join the RetroZap Discord server by getting the welcome link, which is discord.animaniacast.com. That'll take you on over to the RetroZap Discord server. We're a proud member of the RetroZap Podcast Network, so you can talk to them about anything pop culture, or you can go to the Animaniacast section and talk about Animaniacs, where there's some great artists and just great people there to talk to. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. So for Nathan, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. Hey, look at this. I got $4 in my pocket. Well, what should I do with it? Oh, can't think of anything. I might as well just throw it in the street. Hey, 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 what are you doing? What? You can't just throw away money like that. There's a lot of things you could do with four bucks. Like what? Well, like, uh, hey, you could become a patron over at patreon.com slash animaniacast. That's right. You know what you could do? You could get a, a, a great uh, commentary series with uh, the creative Animaniacs, uh, Tom Ruger. Oh, really? For $4? Yep, just for $4 a month, you can become a patron and get all that commentary right there. Oh, wow. What if I only have a dollar? Well, you could become a patron and just say, hey, here you go, Animaniacast. Oh, well, that's pretty cool. What, what if I have more than $4? Well, then you can give, give you, there's other tiers and stuff you can do if you want to, but you know, there's a lot of cool stuff, and it's a great way to support the show and all that jazz, and more importantly, you're getting the creative commentary series with Tom Ruger, so you can watch Animaniacs and uh, learn stuff and have fun and do stuff, I don't know, just do that instead. You know what, you're right, I will not throw my $4 in the street right now. I'm going to patreon.com slash animaniacast right now.